Welcome to See Through Hobart Online. You're listening to a message in our newest series, Our Highest Pursuit. We hope that you enjoy this message today. Uh, if I haven't met you, my name is Innocent. Me and my wife and family, we do church here and we love it here. Shall we pray for the word of God? Father, we thank you this morning in Jesus' name. Thank you for your word. And I want to pray, O oh God, that you may bless someone, O oh God, this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, we are going through a series called Our Highest Pursuit. And we had Alicia introduce that series. And we had Pastor Sean and a lot of other people come here and preach on the same theme. I am really following up on the same theme. My focus this morning is just to let you know that you are a blessing. And some of you may not have considered yourselves as blessings. Maybe like me in my early years, I had low self-esteem. I never considered myself as a blessing. But I want to thank God because of Jesus Christ. I know I am a blessing. Hallelujah. We're going to read from 2 Kings chapter 7 from verse 3 to 9. I'll use the NIV version. I think it's going to come up on the, on the screen, but I'm reading it from here. Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, why stay here until we die? If we say we'll go into the city, the famine is there and we will die. If we stay here, we will die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we leave. If they kill us, then we die. At dusk, they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army, so that they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired the high tide and Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents, their horses and donkeys. They left the camp as it was and ran for their lives. The men who had lepros reached the edge of the camp, entered one of the tents and ate and drink and drank. Then they took silver, gold and clothes and went off and hid them. They returned and entered another tent and took some things from it and hid them also. Then they say to each other, What we are doing is not right. This is a day of good news, and we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let's go at once and report this to the royal place. May God bless the reading of his word. I'll fill you in with the story as we go. We are being told about four lepers who were living outside the city or by the city gates. The reason they were living outside the city was because they had leprosy. If you had leprosy, you were not allowed to mingle with normal people or with the rest of the population. They had to live outside the city. It so happened at this time that the armies of Syrians or Arameans he had made a siege around Samaria, which was the capital city of Israel. 
So they disrupted all the food supplies. There was nothing going in, nothing going out. And there was a famine. So it was a big siege around Samaria. I often think some of us, our lives do feel like there's a siege around us. Every time we try some things, it doesn't work. It does seem like there's a block around us, an army preventing our breakthroughs. So we are seeing these guys. They are making an assessment of their situation. They said, if we stay where we are outside the gate, we're going to die because of the famine. Not, just, not because of the leprosy, but because of the famine. They said, if we go into the city where our fellow people live, we're still going to die in there because there's no food in the city. But if we go to the enemy's camp, they might kill us and we die. But they might spare us and we live. I often wonder what life was like living outside the gates of the city, whereby your other normal people are inside the city and you are outside the city. It's normally easy if you are just there for a few hours and you go back to normal life. But for these guys, some of them, hours turned into days, days turned into months, and maybe months turned into, into years, just outside the gates, living as outcasts, living as people who are not acceptable to live within the city. And I'm sure they discussed their situations because we can see from the discussion they had about their situation here, probably they talked about a lot of things. I want to think maybe they spoke about their predicaments, telling each other how they ended up living by the gates outside the city. I'm sure they asked each other why they were in that place and what went wrong in their life. What decision they had made that made them to go and live such a life. And if it goes on for a long time, that develops in people or in them a sense of anger, a sense of hatred, a bitterness, and they, unforgiveness, failure. Maybe that's how they felt as years went by. That, well, if it wasn't my parent who did this for me, maybe I shouldn't be here. Maybe if it wasn't my sister who done that for me, maybe I wouldn't be here. Maybe they lived that kind of life day in and day out. But they came to a point whereby they said, if we stay where we are, we will die. So staying here is not an option. Staying in our area of pain, this area where we feel hurt, this area where we feel unforgiveness, where we feel like we hate everyone, that's not an option for us. If we stay here, we die. And they decided to go to the enemy's camp. There are times whereby God is wanting us to face our enemy headlong. They didn't go back into the city. They didn't stay where they were. They, were. they said, we're going to face our fears. We're going to face our problems. We're going to face our challenges and move on to the enemy's camp. 
They started walking towards the enemy's camp. I like what the Bible says. The Bible says God caused the Arameans to hear the sound of horses and chariots and a big army coming to them. As these guys were walking, probably timid as they were, frail because of the leprosy and hunger, no food, they are tiny footsteps. I don't think anyone would have had any footstep from those guys because they were so frail. But God magnified their footsteps so that in the ears of the enemy, it was like horses. It was like chariots. It was like a big, big army. Do you know that the things that scare you when you are moving in God's guidance, it's like an army. It's like chariots. Those things that worry you as you move in obedience to God, God brings an army. There's an army waiting to just walk along, alongside you to face your problem. I don't fear much now, not because I have everything, but I have God in me. When I get fierce, I move on because I know the devil will hear the sound of chariots. He will hear the sound of armies. He will hear chariots and horses. Why? God is in me. They went into the camp of the enemy. The enemy ran away. And they were surprised. They came to the first tent. There was no one. They got in there. The first thing they did was to eat and drink because they were hungry. And the next thing they did, they found silver, gold, and a lot of things. You know, I say that's a really good story from rags to riches in an instant. These guys outcasts, these guys poor, living by the gates. But the moment God is working, you know, when God is working in your life, no one can say no. No one can stop you. God can do anything overnight, just like that. Overnight, they are there, they are millionaires. Now they've got silver. They've got gold. They've got food. They've got everything. They took the gold, went back and hid it away. Banked it in a bank. Come back again to the next tent. They found food. They found drink. They found silver. They took it again and put it somewhere and hid it. They came the third time. But before they went into the tent, something struck to them and said, oh, guys, stop. Oh, guys, let's stop. What we are doing here is not right. This is a day of good news, good tidings, glad tidings. Let's not keep it to ourselves. Let's return back and tell everyone in the city that there is food here. There are things here for everyone in the city. They had leprosy, so they couldn't go inside the city. They went back and shouted to the watchmen. Say, there is food in the camp of the, of the Arameans. If you read the story well, the king initially didn't believe them. But later on, everyone rushed out to go and grab the food. From being outcasts to being saviors of a nation. From being outside the gates to some people who are bringing breakthroughs to a nation that was about to die. Let me just say, I've got a message for you. Do you know that your act of obedience will save a nation? 
Your move, deciding not to stay where you are, that's the key for the liberation of your family. You deciding not to stay where you are, that's the key for your children that have been giving you havoc. That's the key that you need for the church, for the nation, for things to get a big breakthrough. You need to move. The survival of that nation, Israel, was tied to the act of obedience of four lepers. The four lepers deciding not to stay in their place of feeling sorry, feeling painful, feeling full of hurt. They decided to move away from that. The act of moving brought deliverance and breakthrough for the whole nation of Israel. There is a nation waiting out there for you. Your family is waiting for you to move. Your friends are waiting for you to move. This leper's discovery was a setup to bless the nation. Let me just say to you again, your highest pursuit is to be a blessing to others. Not just enjoying things by yourself. Let others get blessed too. That's our highest pursuit. Your issues should have killed you. The things you have faced in your life should have destroyed you. The lepros should have destroyed them. But they were still alive. Why? God wanted to bless a nation through them. As we read on, they said, let's not wait for daylight before we go and tell everyone else. It was an option to stay until it was a bit light so that they can tell the rest of the people that there is food here. But they said, we will not wait for daylight. We will not take any longer. We have to go because someone needs this blessing. Someone needs to be blessed now. At times we want to wait for things to be clear. We want to wait for things to be better. Let me just bring you to, to your attention here. These guys were, had leprosy. I read through the chapter to the end. I was looking for something in that chapter to see the part where it said they were healed afterwards of their leprosy. And I couldn't find it. The, the leprosy didn't go away. They had the leprosy. At times we have to move, though there is no evidence of the leprosy disappearing. As Christians, at times we get into that habit where we believe that when the leprosy disappears, when God has healed me, when God has brought a breakthrough, when God has done this for me, then you start moving. Here they had the leprosy. And they still came back with the leprous. But it was a different scenario. A nation was blessed. Jareen, do you mind coming back with the team? I want you to know you are a blessing to the church of God. I remember those times in the years 1996 to 1998, waving goodbye to my lovely wife, Patty as she was led on a stretcher to the theater for yet another drainage and curage procedure for a miscarriage. I remember in 1996, in a place called Dangamvurai Mtare, Zimbabwe, singing out a song with my guitar, singing a song which says, we will meet up in heaven. And I was singing that song to my dying brother who was on a deathbed. And he died as I sang that song. I remember in 2003, August, 
coming from picking up Perry. We were in UK then. She was coming from a night she let shift, so I going to pick her up. As we're driving home, I received a dreaded call. A dreaded call is one call that us who come from very far away, we dread to get that call coming from Africa, very far away. It was a call that I won't forget. My father had passed away. But I made a decision in my life that I'm not staying here. I'm not staying in my place of feeling sorry for myself. I'm getting up. I'm not staying here until I die. I'm going to get up because I'm a source of blessings, not just to me and my family, but to many others. I've been discouraged, but I'm getting up from here. I've been hurt. I've been rejected. I have failed, but I'm getting up from here. I may be depressed, but I'm getting up from here. My dad is no more. My brother is no more, but I'm getting up from here. Someone's blessing is tied up to my decision. Someone's blessing is tied up to my act of obedience. Somebody's destiny is tied up to my blessing. And maybe for someone, God is saying, you have made strides in a lot of ways. But there's still one area that when it's mentioned, it brings you back to the city gates. That place where you regret, that place of pain, that place where you feel I can't move on. I just want to let you know that your movement is a blessing to many others. What does it mean getting up? This Lord said, we can't sit here anymore. We have to move. What does it mean to move? For some of us, it means we have to make a conscious decision not to dwell in our situation or to dwell in that place of pain, that place of regret, that place of failure, that place of anger. Some of us, it means coming to surrender to God and allow him to guide you. Saying, God, my situation, I can't handle it, but you can. My God, the leprous I had may be still there, but I'm trusting you with my life. My situation hasn't changed, but I'm trusting you with my life. For some of us, that's a painful area of moving on. Some of you, God is saying, forgive which is a tough, I know I've talked to a few people, I've listened to a few stories. There are stories that you feel, well, it's going to be tough to forgive. But God is saying, why stay here until you die? Stand up and move. Maybe the person you can't forgive, her or his breakthrough, his salvation, is tied up to your act of obedience. Whereby you come out like a fool and say, please do forgive me for the part that I played in this situation. Do you know that it could be the breakthrough that person is really waiting for? Waiting for you to just move, to stand up and get up from that situation of feeling sorry and say, God, I'm going to do it in obedience. For some of us, it's accepting the reality of our situation and that you need help. You need prayer. You need pastors. And at times you need professional help out there. God is saying you need to stand 
and get up from your situation and start moving. We are waiting for the blessing. You've got my blessing, brother. You've got sister's blessing, sister. Once you move, you release a lot of things that we've been waiting for. Can I ask you to stand on your feet as we're going to be praying? Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. You may be feeling that people don't understand your situation. I'm with you there. People don't understand. You may be feeling that people don't know what you've gone through. I'm with you. Yes, people don't understand what you've gone through. But one thing I know, God knows. He knows every tear. He knows every pain. He knows every headache. Every time, sleepless night. He knows it. He knows it. But he's saying to you, I want you to get up from that situation. Because you are a blessing, a source of blessing for someone, for someone, for someone. And that's the message I have for you tonight, this morning. You are a blessing, but you need to get up from that situation. Shall we close our eyes? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Before I pray, maybe I just want to include you in this prayer. You know yourself and you're responding to this word and I think God has spoken to you at very different levels. Can I ask you to raise your hand where you are if you want me to include you in this prayer? And I just want to pray for you. You know your situation. I can see some hands already coming up. Just raise your hand high and I'm going to pray with you wherever you are. I'm just going to pray for you, for your situation. Just respond to my prayer and believe God for a miracle in your life as I pray. And I will encourage you if you feel after the service you need prayer, don't go out of this house without prayer. Come back to the altar. We'll wait for you after the service and we'll send with you in prayer. Father, I pray in Jesus' name. I want to thank you for your word, Lord. That it will not return unto you void, but it will accomplish that which you have sent it for. You said just like the rain falls from the heavens and returns not hither, but waters the earth, gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So you said, so shall be your word, the word that comes forth from your mouth. Father, I pray for your word. I want to pray God tonight, this morning, in the name of Jesus. I want to pray a release in some people's lives here. A father, a mother, a son, a daughter. People who are ahead, who, are, who can't move on in life. I want to pray a release of God this afternoon in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I command the hurt. I command the bitterness. I command that unforgiving spirit. Father, I want to pray in the name of Jesus. A release. A release. A release. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Thanks for joining us today at C3 Hobart Online. If you were impacted by this message, or you'd like to know a bit more about our church and what we do, you can get in touch with us via our website, c3hobart.org.au. See you next time.